1: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
2: Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 393. I think it's 393. It might be 394. I don't really know. Of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, October 9th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And as always, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. we got team focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA Daily from a bunch of different hosts from across the network chipping in there. And you can find them all together, as always, on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. And this week, it's a very special week because it's preview week. We have uh, five episodes, six teams per episode episode uh, five or six minutes from each host on each team, previewing all the big questions for every team. Uh, the Raptors episode that I'm on will be the last one of the week on Friday, so stay tuned for that, but we already have two episodes up if you're hearing this on Tuesday, three episodes if you're hearing it on Wednesday, so make sure you're checking out the Lockdown NBA preview. It's a really great look at all 30 teams, and uh, it's a good local perspective, and you should check that out for sure. And if you find a show on the network that you like, please subscribe, rate, and review to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all those places you get your podcasts. It's very helpful, and appreciate it when you do that it's like five seconds of your time and it makes up for all the free content we give you which uh it's not that hard to do thank you very much in advance for doing it it's uh makes me feel pretty good all right on today's show we're joined by i mean over the last year he's gone from being one of the kings of raptors blog universe to maybe the king of the raptors blog universe now that blake murphy's gone mainstream it's will Lou. how's it going buddy
0: yeah, I mean Blake was a uh, Blake was a LeBron of this stuff, right? So yeah,
2: yeah. But like now he's yeah. Once screen. he's gone,
0: everyone feels like they have a claim to the throne. But uh, <laughs> I feel good, man. That's a it's a nice compliment you just I mean, how are you
2: doing? I'm good, man. Uh, glad to have you on after uh, quite a long time not ch- not chatting. Will and I we're not in like competition or anything because we have similar podcasts. We uh, schedules never lined up last year for whatever reason. But very happy to have you on today to answer preseason question number eight. And it's not really a fully formed question. It's mostly, uh, how are the top four seeds in the East going to shake out, and uh, which teams are going to threaten the Raptors? That's I'll, I'll shorten it for the title. But that's going to be the gist of today's show. Um, but first off, Will, are you excited about Danny Green's comments about Kawhi Leonard being super vocal and feeling at home in Toronto? Because I am.
0: I'm excited on <laughs> one hand, but on the other hand, I'm just like, it's starting to Pretty creepy that anything that Kawhi does, um, we have like four different Raptors talk about it, and um, you know Danny Green has sort of continuously just been the mouthpiece of uh, Kawhi Leonard, which I don't think is necessary because Kawhi's actually spoken to the press quite a bit himself. So um, I don't necessarily know if he needs to just be a PR guy. He could just be you know a starting shooting guard and things like that, but. Um, no, I mean, of course, it's exciting, man. It's, it's always good to hear. I think it's completely natural for Kawhi to be more vocal than he was in San Antonio because San Antonio consistently filled the locker room with the really old dudes and <laughs> guys who were very experienced that you, of course, listen to, right? It's not just Tim Duncan. It's not just Tony Parker, Monte Ginobili, but even guys like Pau Gasol, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you would listen to those guys. Whereas in Toronto, there's not that many veterans around. Um, that are older than Kawhi, more experienced than Kawhi. So, so of course, Kawhi would naturally uh, speak up more, but um, it's good, man. All, all signs are pointing to him, yelling, you know, I think we're a little bit like that, uh, you know, over-anxious partner that always asking him every other day, <laughs> do you like me, do you not like me, and stuff like that. So, aside from that, it's, it's been pretty good.
2: Yeah, I think Danny Green needs to employ the Kyle Lowry strategy with the media, and just be like, I'm only here to talk about Danny Green. Um, anytime any time, people ask him about Kawhi anymore. But uh, no, I uh, I'm only here to talk about Puma. I guess would also be the thing he could talk about now. Um, but no, that's yeah, right. I'm excited. It's it's good. It's good to hear that things aren't like anxious and tense in the locker room. I suppose that's all I'm looking for at this point, And the the nice little quotes that are coming out are always a nice little uh, cherry on top, I suppose. But we should also not be too concerned about this stuff. It's October. and uh, But, you know, I have my cork board of all of the little clippings and news stories and photos that are pointing to him staying. And it will continue to be filled out by the end of the season. So, looking forward to that. Uh, all right, let's get to the meat of today's episode. The Eastern Conference and sort of the top four seeds. We're not going to concern ourselves with seeds five through eight because guess what? It's weird to say it, but the Raptors are kind of past worrying about the first round. It's been three straight years of getting into the conference semis. I know it doesn't always feel like that because it never feels easy. And LeBron usually ends the good vibes pretty quickly. But the Raptors have not lost a first-round series in a long time. And it's probably going to continue that streak this season, right? Like, they are a very good team. Kawhi's on the team. Assuming everything goes 75% according to the plan, this should be a team that plays deep into the playoffs. And we'll be concerned with the the higher-up seeds in the Eastern Conference. So how we're going to do this, Will, is we're just going to kind of roll through one team at a time. We'll go from maybe the easy ones down to the less obvious ones. And we can kind of just talk about the case each team has to be in the top four and sort of how they relate to the Raptors and whether or not you're concerned or worried or uh, welcoming a potential series against them in the second round. So let's start with the Celtics. They are the easy one. They are probably the favorite in the Eastern Conference right now as much as they are loathsome, and uh, Brad Stevens gets far too much credit, even though he's a very good coach. Yes, I get it. But, um, you know, Jason Tatum's out here getting crossed over by Sam Decker. They're very easy to pick on. What are your sort of feelings on the Celtics going into the season? Are you kind of penciling them in for that one seed, or do you think this is going to be more of a two- or three-team race for that top spot?
0: Um, I think it's going to be more of a race, man. I, I don't want to buy too much in the preseason, but I... Th- I've been watching the Celtics pretty closely, um, and they look kind of disjointed. They look um, they look kind of unsure of themselves on both ends, where I think the teams that really do well um, and have really great seasons are the ones that are completely self-assured in their identity. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you saw that last year with the Raptors. Like They had a clear focus of what they wanted to do. A lot of the team was similar. They replaced a lot of role players, but like it was plug-and-play from pretty much the first after that first road trip, the Raptors like completely sailed through the rest of the season, mm-hmm. and they were great. There was nothing that needed to adjust. Everything, everyone knew their role, um, and they just executed every night. Right, they kept it simple. Whereas, like with the Celtics this year, like it feels very much like last year. They were kind of uh, you know overachieving, playing great defense, um, and they were winning games mostly on their defense. Their offense wasn't great last year, 18th uh, in offensive rating. Um, But this year, like, I don't know, man, because there's so much hype because, like, every single person on that team thinks they should shoot the ball. Like, Jalen Brown feels like he should shoot the ball. (laughs) Jason Tatum feels like he should shoot the ball. Kyrie's always going to shoot. Gordon Hayward feels like he should shoot. Al Horford's a guy who probably could shoot a little bit more, but he's, at least he wants to pass. But, like, everybody on that team right now wants to shoot. And you kind of see it. They don't really have an identity defensively just yet. I think they'll fix that because Brad Stevens consistently creates top five defenses because he's a great coach and because he's a great motivator. Mm -hmm. Um, But offensively right now, they look very disjointed. And also, you you know, everyone is rooting for Gordon Hayward to come back strong. And, you know, of course, how would you, right? Like, it'd be heartless to say otherwise. But, I mean, so far, if we're being honest, he looks very rusty. He looks more like Paul George when he first came back from injury, when he was averaging, like, eight points a game, Mm -hmm. shooting 36%. than the Paul George, like, 15, 16 months down the line – when he was back to being himself. Right now, it's about 11 months um, post foot break for Hayward, and he's talked about having some setbacks and stuff, and he doesn't look quite there. So, when you look at the whole Celtics team right now, like yes, the talent is there for sure. They have depth, everything like that. Um, but I don't know, man. It, it, it could still be a race. Like uh, the Raptors are just kind of right there with them, right? And so, at least regular season wise, I, I don't really see um, Austin as necessarily that team that goes out and wins 65 games like Mm -hmm. people are expecting.
2: Before we carry on, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today, and that is Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. And with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is a top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section or the row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners a, an exclusive promo code for new listeners to receive $20 off orders of $200 bucks or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the very freeze Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 bucks off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 bucks off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of vivid seats it is an awesome time to be a toronto sports fan the raptors are getting going the preseason is almost over mercifully and the maple leafs are scoring 100 goals a game so if you want to check out one of those very good teams uh you go to vivid seats use the promo code locked on for 20 bucks off an order of 200 or more as a new customer of vivid seats make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let vivid seats help you get to your favorite live event Yeah, I would be going for their under. I think if I was, if I had any money to begin with to bet on uh-huh. such things, um, because it's like what fifty eight and a half. Like that's kind of crazy. I would always bet the under on that for most teams because that's a pretty high bar to hit. Um, the one thing though, like I think that goes in their favor is that like it's a Brad Stevens team, so they're gonna try really hard, and that kind of matters on like random regular season nights where you know maybe the other team's not one hundred percent in it and like I think we saw this with the Raptors last season at times like they would kind of coast for a little while just because they could and even then like they still you know fell into 59 wins really I mean they would have second halves where they totally just blanked on it but they you know pulled together the fourth quarter or whatever Um, and uh, I think we could see that similar sort of thing with the Celtics because their talent could ultimately bail them out and like We've seen them be very good in close games. Like, they might just pull out these close wins forever and ever because they'll, you know, not be the best offensive team, but their defense will hold up, and then they'll get some clutch shots from Kyrie or whoever late in the game. Um, and so, yeah, I, th- I still think they're going to be. I would still probably pin to them in as the number one team just because the Raptors, I think, are going to go through some of the same stuff. Although, it does seem early on like maybe it's clicking a little bit quicker than the Celtics, considering Boston's, you know, working in kind of two new elements because of Kyrie Mm -hmm. missing so much time at the end of the year, especially in the postseason. Um, Whereas the Raptors, it is kind of weird that you put Kawhi in and he is almost just like a better version of what DeRozan was on offense, at least. So, like, the offense doesn't seem to be all that off-kilter. It's kind of just like you plug in a better guy at the thing that they were doing before and it's kind of seamless. So maybe the Raptors won't go through those growing pains. But uh, I don't know, how have you sort of uh, judge their ability to kind of galvanize a little bit as a team in the preseason.
0: I mean, the Raptors, it's specific case of the Raptors in terms of their preseason. Like it's, um, it's been hard to evaluate just because uh, the actual starting five is not playing together much. Like OG hasn't, you know, played yet. Um, you know, Kawhi and Kyle Lowry have only played first halves together. And generally speaking, like when they play together, they they play great. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I agree with what you're saying, man. The offense does look mostly the same, and Kawhi is kind of mostly the same. Um, he's not the same player as DeMar offensively, but he kind of serves the same role, mm-hmm. right? Where you're even seeing him run some pick and roll, dish it out when he's doubled. Otherwise, he will go to the mid range and he will try to score from there. He's been a little bit more active on the offensive glass. He draws a lot of fouls. Like you know, functionally, he has been similar enough to the Rosen where. They haven't had to do too much different uh, on that end. But I think the bigger issue is like how Nick Nurse is going to manage the rotation because yeah. he's already talked about how much he wants to keep a flexible starting lineup. Uh, it's going to change all the time. And while I think for the most part it's not going to make much of a difference... Um, in terms of continuity, but I can see like some players struggling to move in and out of the starting lineup. I mean, uh, you know, who knows if OG if OG's goes to the bench, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is he going to adapt well to that role where he has uh, more of an onus to score on the bench, where, whereas you know, the starting lineup is the fifth option. Like, we don't really know how that stuff's going to work out. But for the most part, like you said, man, the Raptors are running the same offense, and Kawhi's. It's not hard for Kawhi to grasp to be honest. Like, it's not that difficult for him to play.
2: Yeah. I do think if there's one thing I think that will keep the Raptors from maybe flirting with that number one seed, it's, like, you kind of talked about it with Nick Nurse and his lack of commitment to a set rotation, and, like, he's going to try stuff, and I'm Mm -hmm. all for him trying stuff, but sometimes the stuff he tries is not going to work, and it might cost them a fourth quarter here and there that could kind of negatively affect their win total in sort of the grand scheme of things, but ultimately you'll be happy that he took that risk and tested out that weird lineup in that one game in January at the end of the season as they go into the postseason as opposed to not doing it all year um, and getting more wins out of that. So, yeah, I think those two teams, I would say, would you say, let's rope Philly into this then, would you still say the Celtics and Raptors are like the one and two and then the, the Sixers are kind of battling for third or are there other teams kind of in the running with the Sixers? Let's kind of fold these guys in because... Um, you know, I think you could look at it this multiple ways and sort of make it a three-team race at the top or more of a two-team with one that's kind of on an island or you could make it two teams with just like a bunch of teams behind them trying to c- catch up.
0: Quite honestly, I see the Sixers as a step behind um, mostly because I think they have like structural issues with the way they play. Um, mm-hmm. So their biggest issue I think is like when everyone's healthy it's like turnovers. That's pretty much the only way to stop that team. Otherwise they're incredible defensively, and, um, you know, pretty decent offensively as well. Um, but they turn the ball over a ton. Part mm-hmm. of that is they have inexperienced guys, um, you know, Embiid and Ben Simmons. They're very, I don't know, they don't just don't take care of the basketball very well. <laughs> um, but also they run a system-based offense where they're passing the ball so much where it's like it just naturally leads to a lot of turnovers. And I think it kind of undercuts them, but, like, they have health issues as well. Um, and they have bench issues. Like, I don't really see much quality coming off that bench. Um, you know, they have Markel Fultz back in the fold. He's starting now, which is cool. Although, uh, apparently, they're going to do this weird thing where he's going to start for the actual game. And then after halftime, he's going to come off the bench, which is the most token starter I've ever seen. They <laughs> even do that to Luis Scola. When the Raptors had Scola starting the whole season. Um, but, like... Yeah, like part of that is because like yeah they want to give Fultz some confidence, but also like Fultz doesn't really fit with that starting lineup. If you look at the way they want to play, Redick was really good for them last year, um, seventeen points a game, like seven, like he was a second leading scorer on that uh, starting five, and like that starting five was really really effective together. So if they if they start scoring with that starting five and they don't have a great bench, um, I don't know, man. I'm just skeptical about Philly right now, and unless it's, it's like. It, I guess the big leap that they have to take in terms of what pushes them over 60 wins or anything like that is like, can Embiid actually stay healthy for like a full, like, can he play 75 games? Because mm-hmm. if he does that, then I feel like, yeah, maybe they do touch the upper 50s. But otherwise, their team is just kind of eh, you know? Like, they play good defense. That's the best part about them. But offensively, you don't really know where your offense is going to come from. And Embiid and is such a question mark. So
1: that's where I'm at with them. Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
2: Yeah, I have such a hard time kind of evaluating and trying to figure out how much I care about their run at the end of last season and how to like work it into how good they are as an actual team. Because like that run came against a pretty easy schedule, if I recall. Embiid mm-hmm. was out for a lot of it. They had just picked up Bell and Elliot Ilya Silva, who they don't have anymore, and it seems weird to think that's a big deal, but it might be. And they fit the system
0: really well. They did. Like, it's, a, it's a lot different when you have Ben Simmons trying to run pick and roll with Amir Johnson, and both of them are going to the rim at the same time, as compared to Ilya Silva going to the corner or something like that.
2: Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out if it's something like you know a team actually kind of making the leap and becoming you know a juggernaut, or if it's more like. Remember that Portland team a couple years ago that had, like, a crazy second half and then kind of fizzled out the next season and wasn't all that impressive? I think that happened with Portland, or th- that feels like a very Portland thing to happen. But um, Or the, even that Miami Heat team that went on that crazy run and went, like, 30-11 and 11 to end the season. And they're were, they were just kind of, like, pretty good the next year, but weren't, like, this fully formed juggernaut of a team. I wonder if Philly is more that than they are... Like the Thunder becoming the Thunder back in the day, right? It's kind of hard to gauge. I mean, I would probably lean towards more the side of it being like a juggernaut team kind of finding its footing because of the talent they have, but I'm not convinced it's going to manifest itself in like some crazy 60 win season this year. So I think I'm with you. I think they're probably my three seed, but I could see them coming into fourth. Like, if so, if we're to assume the Raptors and Sixers are the Raptors and Celtics are one, two. Who do you think is the most likely of the teams below those top three to leapfrog the Sixers and beat the three seed and potentially a Raptors second-round matchup if the Raptors come second?
0: I mean, quite honestly, I would have the Sixers as a pretty solid third. Yeah, But if I kind of had to pick, uh, I might buy into a little bit of that Milwaukee Bucks Kool-Aid only because um, the Bucks have never been more than... 24th in three-point attempts in Giannis's four or five seasons, mm-hmm. five or six, I think. Never been higher than um, 24th in three-point attempts. A couple of seasons they were actually 30th and 29th. So that's just a team where they kind of just couldn't figure out that you have this one guy who no one could stop one-on-one. You should probably surround him with shooters because they're going to double and there's going to be an open man, right? Um, I think they've kind of finally figured that out a little bit. Their first preseason game they played against um, Chicago and they shot 45 three-pointers mm-hmm. um and part of that comes down to the coaching change like you know uh, Boone has always sort of been this water offense type of coach um and part of it comes out of personnel like they are no longer playing as many uh bricky centers like John Henson is firmly on the bench they have Brooke Lopez who's not great but he shoots a lot of threes and Ilya Sobo who's again not great but he shoots a lot of threes and Basically, they're just going to run Giannis with four shooters. And mm-hmm. um, I think that combo is going to be great uh, offensively. Like, if, if they just end up being, like, a top 10 in three-point attempts type of team, they're going to be a top 10 offensive club. Because actually, previously, like, the Bucks were never that great offensively. Now, are they actually going to put that together or not? Because, like, if you look at the rest of the team, like, their shooters aren't that great. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not that scared of anyone outside of Chris Middleton, kind of. Right, like it's like all right. If Bledsoe wants to shoot six threes, like just let him do
2: it. I mean, we're the Ra- we're Raptors fans, so Tony Snell is terrifying, but only to Raptors fans. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right, <laughs> so like that that whole team is kind of just like, eh, I don't know. So I would still put Philly above them, but I guess yeah, Milwaukee out of that whole group is probably the one I'm looking at.
2: Yeah, they their guards kind of bum me out. Um, like I don't know if Bledsoe's good. Divincenzo, I guess people like. I didn't really. I don't watch college basketball, so I don't really know. I don't have enough of an opinion on him to really for it to matter. Um, Brogdon, I like Brogdon, but then they have like White Pat as their backup two guard. Like it's going to be kind of a mishmash of dudes there. And I, like I love Giannis and he's going to kind of lift up anybody, but I think Bud's going to have to try to find the right sort of There might I there might only be like 2 or 3 lineups for the Bucks that really sort of click and other than that it's going to always going to have some sort of fat that needs to be trimmed. And like I I don't know if I trust any of their other centers outside of Lopez. I mean Henson and, and Maker, I mean Thon had the really good run against the Raptors in the playoffs because of course he did, but other than that mm-hmm. he hasn't really been an NBA player. Henson's like a nice backup, but um like yeah, I'd almost prefer he, he's like
0: he's I don't know, man. John Henson sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh... John. <laughs> Yeah,
2: I'd almost prefer, like, Ilya Sova play the 5. Or, yeah, I guess Giannis can play yeah. the 5 too. It doesn't really matter. Um, th- this is th- For positionally, this might be the least position-y team in the entire league because their guards kind of are going to require that they maybe not just play point guards and stuff all the time. I don't know. They're, they're weird. And I still can't get, like, the weird bucks like, Jason Kidd, Joe Prunty Malays out of my brain. And obviously Bud's a really good coach, and I think it'll work. But, yeah, I I would probably put them below Philly. But I wouldn't be shocked just because Giannis is so insane. Like, everyone's picking Giannis to an MVP. And if that happens, like, that probably means they were better than the Sixers in the regular season. Um, yeah, they probably
0: got to win, like, 55 games for Giannis to be yeah. seriously considered MVP, man. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because um, it's going to collide, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... Kind of with you. Although I think Anthony Davis. I think the Pelicans might be the second or third seed, but that's besides the point. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Who's, the, who's, the, who's the Pelicans' fourth best player?
2: Julius Randle, baby. It's good.
0: It's not a good fourth player.
2: Etwan Moore? He's good against yeah, the Raptors? See, you,
0: you know what I mean? Like, it, it just falls <laughs> off a cliff. It's like, all right, AD, cool. Drew cool. And it's like,
2: ah. Uh, the Blazers God. have really fucked up my view of the Pelicans, I think, maybe. Yeah, for sure, for um, sure. so sad. I think the
0: correct way to view that series is that the Blazers are
2: frauds. Yeah, yeah. They're they're, they're the 2015 Raptors. Um, Yeah. Speaking of the 2015 Raptors, how do you Mm. feel about the Wizards? Oh, man,
0: the Wizards. Um, I mean, news just broke that Dwight Howard has not indeed hurt his back, but actually has a butt injury. Like, I'm not even (laughs) making a joke. That's really what he has. No,
2: it's like a literal pain in his ass. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. I kinda like the Wizards Azir. Uh and I say this knowing that John Wall has um, kinda balked up. I mean I don't know, man. But John Wall has just like he he's like shaped like Dark Martin now. Except that he has long arms and shoots a lot. But like I, I don't know, man. But it, it's not good. Like he's kinda round. Um, but I, I do like their bench a lot more than in previous years. Like I think Oscar Rivers is actually like a nice addition for yeah. them and if like Dwight's better than Gortat, and he, and I don't think Dwight's gonna anger John Wall any more than Gortat did. So like, I, I think that's overall a plus. Well, I don't know, man. Like Dwight you know, angers John everybody. Wall John Wall wanted to like kill
2: Gortat. That's true. Um, oh my god, this team's gonna be perfect. I'm so excited. <laughs> they're gonna be a fun team to, to to mean for sure. But I think yeah, they're they're,
0: they're kind of the same team as the were in previous years. Man, like they're gonna they're a little bit too inconsistent to, you know, like beat up on terrible teams, so that they won't win fifty games, but <laughs> I don't know, they're still a little bit of a tough out playoff wise.
2: Yeah. I
0: yeah. like they were tough last year. Like let's be real. Like they took the Raptors six games. They they shouldn't have, but yeah. they were competitive in like five of those games. Like
2: That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. John Wall does feel like he's posturing for like a move to Phoenix where the dry heat will do him oh, well. God. Can, oh god. He can kind of slim down out there. Uh, James Jones, get on that, buddy. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Wizards, I think... They're either going to be very good and like could be the three seed, or I think there's going to be some hilarious self-implosion, which would be also very cool. Either way, I think the Wizards are going to be like an all-time... Like you said, they're going to be one of the most memeable teams in the world. And there's just so much combustibility here. It's, it's perfect. They're, they're like a... A really beautiful... I don't know if you listen to the Roundball Rock podcast, but they're going to be the MVP team of Roundball Rock this year. Um, So make sure uh, you're listening to... uh, We had Joey Devine, co-host of the show a couple weeks ago. Make sure you're checking out Roundball Rock. It's very good. Uh, That's an unsolicited promo. Anyway, uh, any other teams in the East that you think could potentially sneak into that top four and thus be a worry for the Raptors come playoff time in the second round or later? I mean, like, you got to give some respect to Indiana, although
0: my my real issue with Indiana is like uh, they were, like, very average on both sides of the ball last year. Yeah. Like, they were, like, 12th on offense and 12th in defense, so I'm like, I don't really know how you won 48 games outside of just being a very clutch team, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't necessarily discount them too much, because I, I really like Oladipo. Um And the rest of that team, I I don't know. I mean, they're okay, I guess. Like, Tyreek Evans is definitely an upgrade over Lance Stevenson. So, you know, on paper, they should be a little bit better. And they have some young guys, so who knows. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. The rest of this conference is hot garbage. Oh, it's
2: ass. It's extremely ass. Um, Yeah, yeah.
0: like Miami could be interesting, I guess, if they trade for Jimmy Butler. Obviously, Jimmy Butler just owns the Raptors and it'll be uh, very annoying to see him back in the Eastern Conference. I don't want that to happen. Uh, But, I mean, it seems like Miami's the closest in terms of, like, you know, getting the Timberwolves to actually agree to a trade. Um, So, if Butler goes to Miami, then I would say that they have a good shot at being the fourth seed Mm -hmm. because the rest of that roster is just kind of set up to, like, play hard-nosed defense with someone actually competent on offense, and that's kind of the scenario in which Jimmy Butler thrives.
2: Yeah, um, that does feel like a perfect roster for him to kind of... Like, if he just yeah. fills in, like, the Josh Richardson role, assuming that's yeah. what eventually gets traded, because it feels like that is probably the easy guy to move. Um, sure. That can actually make both teams better. I don't know. That's a weird take, but, like, Richardson and some stuff to help the Bulls. You get rid of angry dad Jimmy... Maybe that helps. I don't know, nah, I don't know man. The rules are depressing, man.
0: The rules are going to be terrible <laughs> if they don't have Butler. You know, the, 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 shout out to uh, our, our guy, Joseph Gacharo, for uh, tweeting this out. But, um, yeah, Andrew Wiggins is preseason stats. All right, and, uh, It's just preseason. Oh, God. He's he's shooting 36-29-54. <laughs> oh, my Those God. are percentages out of 100. Um, 36-29-54. And he has one assist in four games against 10 turnovers.
2: <laughs> I still believe it's going to happen for him, man. Still, still, but here's the thing. Right? I, I did too.
0: I did too. <laughs> but I thought that like, if anything was going to light a fire under Andrew Wiggins, it was probably him getting blasted for kind of no good reason. But still, <laughs> him getting blasted by Steven Jackson and becoming a huge story. Um, and then people are starting to know the truth about Andrew Wiggins and you would think you would think Andrew Wiggins would be like, Man, I really got exposed, I gotta come out, at least put on a good show for like the first, I don't know, two, three months until people kinda change the perception of me mm-hmm. and stop thinking about me. Nah. It's it's worse than ever, so
2: Is Team uh, Canada low-key better off if he doesn't play for them anymore?
0: Mm, Is it that nah, I sad? Really that, man. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that, but I mean also, I think that, like, Andrew Wiggins has, like, really damaged the reputation of Canada just because, like, it's like the Raptors thing. Like, DeMar has really damaged the reputation of the Raptors because every year we're like, yo, this is this is the year for the Raptors. Like, believe in us, and then <laughs> they fall, right? Like, the, Team Canada's the same thing. It's like, no, this is a year. We're going to qualify for the Olympics. We're going to beat Venezuela with a Ravis Vazquez, and then they lose. So, like, no one believes them anymore, and part of that is because of Wiggins, man. And he doesn't even play for that team, let's be real. He, he hasn't played since, like... 2015 when they lost to Venezuela.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's uh not the worst way to retire, I suppose. If you're a Canada basketball fan and don't want to watch that anymore, he wasn't very good in that tournament. I think he was worse than Anthony Bennett in that tournament. If I make, if I recall. Man, mm, Bennett and I Wiggins going back to back
0: being like probably the best player that uh, for us, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Although Olonets really, you know, blossomed into a nice player for the Heat.
2: Yeah, he's kind of fun and good. A bit of yeah, a, I like him. A bit of a shit heel because he'll like pull people's arms out of their sockets, but. You know, yeah. Who among us hasn't done that in a pickup game or whatever? Um, <laughs> you just overlooked that small detail. Uh, <laughs> hey, my team at the Raptors Republic tournament was lambasted uh, afterwards for apparently illegally screening or whatever. I, I think that's wrong, but hey, like I, oh, I understand. Kelly was point. Yeah, you saw a thing. Yeah, yeah. Thing, yeah. It was I don't fine. Know. we didn't. I, don't do I thought you guys were fine. There was
0: clearly another way more dirtier player in one of the other teams <laughs> that uh, injured a player both on our my team and your team as well. In Ooh, the, playoff right.
2: yeah. mm. 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 the playoff rounds, yeah, the playoff rounds that those were sweet. We made it so much further than uh, than you guys. It was great. We lost
0: by one point, man.
2: <laughs> was that to the team that beat us? Is that this is yeah, very yeah. we've got. Yeah, we lost by,
0: track by here, one. But. It was it was it was heartbreaking. Huh. It was heartbreaking. It was, if only I scored more than zero points.
2: So you're saying we were one point away from making the finals? Is what you're saying?
0: Yeah, yeah. pretty much.
2: Yeah. We we would have taken you guys to to school. Um,
0: I was gonna say yeah, you, you you respect you guys. You also beat our team by one point. <laughs> but no, you had a great team, man.
2: So you were our toughest matchup by far. So that ISO yeah, for Assad shit was like oh six oh seven Lakers. It was oh it worked that well.
0: <laughs> no, we, we basically had two Assad's, man. Because the other guy, shout out to Drew, but uh, yeah, he was like he was probably our leading scorer throughout the tournament. Like Assad was second, right? Well, know? I don't want to blast Assad, but Assad was a little bit cooler in some of the games and Drew you know, Drew stepped up man, he was really Brad Steph Curry.
2: So he was the uh Smush Parker to uh, yeah. to, to Assad's Kobe, is what you're saying. <laughs> oh I thought I guess Assad is Smush Parker. That would have been hilarious. Oh we could we could call him Asad Smush too. I mean if if he was actually the second leading scorer behind uh yeah, maybe Assad yeah. Smush Parker here.
0: I, I was Chris Bim. <laughs> and uh oh, man. While was uh was Lamar Odom. Yeah, bad. there
2: you go. Yeah, S- sober Lamar Odom. <laughs> uh, so before we wrap this up, uh, give me your prediction for the top four in the East uh, p- team and then number of wins. Let's go on the spot.
0: All right, Toronto with sixty-two.
2: Ooh, sixty-two. Yeah, I like it.
0: It's not, come on. It's not that unreasonable. We play like the easiest schedule in the league too. That really helps. Yeah, in, in uh, this case,
2: does Kawhi win MVP? Is there, is this your pick?
0: Yeah, I've already made that. Okay. He, he's winning MVP. Boston, number two, 61 wins. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to give Boston some respect because <laughs> they deserve it, but also... But it's begrudging. I don't quite believe it. <laughs> Philadelphia, I would say they win 55. Mm-hmm. That's uh, with an asterisk that MVP plays 60 or more games. Okay. Uh I don't. What did what did Embiid play last year? I think like fifty something. So they were they were still pretty good despite Embiid not playing that much. Mm-hmm. He looks healthy, so that that's good. Um, I would say number four is Milwaukee with like fifty two.
2: Four fifty win uh, teams, huh? Yeah. I guess the bottom of the yeah. conference is total ass. So that makes sense.
0: The Orlando Magic are starting DJ Augustin. <laughs> Remember when the Raptors we. Remember when we just like cut DJ Augustine in 2013? Yeah. Even though we had no, we had no good point guards outside of Kyle Larry, it was like we need one decent backup point guard, and he couldn't beat out Julian Stone and like <laughs> who was uh, um Dwight Bikes, who was also somehow still in the Eastern Conference. You know, respect to these guys for grinding, but like the Orlando Magic suck, the Hawks suck, the Bulls are terrible. Yeah. Brooklyn sucks. Did you see Jabari
2: Parker's? Uh, response when he was asked about how bad the Bulls defense is and his response was essentially well we'll just have to score more points then
0: yes but that's
2: actually true I know they can't play defense
0: at all man it's really sad
2: Um,
0: yeah Brooklyn's really bad despite all this propaganda that Brooklyn is good like hey
2: Trevion Graham is going to be amazing dude Trevion Graham
0: sucks (laughs) Sorry. No offense, Trevion Graham.
2: I did not know who Trevion Graham was before he got signed by Sean Marks, and it was lauded as the best move of the offseason.
0: You don't remember when the Charlotte Hornets um, started Trevion Graham a ton, and DeMar dropped, like, 40 points on him or something like
2: that? that's right.
0: Yeah, he sucks. He sucks. (laughs) Um, By the way, I just love that the Nets, like, consistently, like, make, like, marginally good deals, people are like freaking out, like, oh, look, this is the right way to rebuild the team, I'm oh, like, yeah. I don't want anybody on that roster first off, that <laughs> roster is terrible Yeah, maybe Jared Allen kind of, although I'm not even convinced he's better than Bebe. Um <laughs> D'Angelo Russell it doesn't stay healthy and he's not he's terrible defensively not and it
2: cost him the pick that ended up being Kyle Kuzma which, I mean, no, I, I don't I'm know not, if Kuzma's I'm that good but, Kuzma. yeah, I don't know if then, Kuzma's great but he might be better than Russell
0: Yeah, exactly, right? So I just, I think Brooklyn is like, I don't know. If you consistently do deals where you get, um, you trade one cent for two cents, you know, like (laughs) after a while, you still only have like less than a dollar. Like this team sucks still, so I'm not worried about that. The Knicks are terrible. The Pistons, I think, are not going to be very good.
2: (laughs) Poor Dwayne, man.
0: Poor Dwayne, man.
2: Blake seems like a husk of a man at this point, just depressed Ah. by the Detroit skyline.
0: My favorite thing about Dwayne right now is just like every single time he talks about his coaching style, he only mentions things that happened last season. <laughs> like Between 2013 and 2017, the Pound of Rock era never happened. It's like, man, I, I love playing with pace and shooting threes. I want guys that can't even shoot threes to shoot threes. I, I, I want a lot of ball movement and um, I want to play up tempo, and I'm just like, "What?" He's like, oh, "I'm gonna shuffle the lineups. You never know what this, you never know the rotations." I'm like, "What do you mean? What do you mean?" <laughs> rocks. You set a Dwayne Casey rotation with like a calendar. Like, come on, man. Rocks. Uh, I don't even
2: know your like what what are rocks? Sedimentary, igneous, metamorphic. I don't know what any of these things are.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Right. He's just like, nah, I don't know anything about that. Right. I don't so, fuck with geology, man. He's um...
0: like I I didn't coach the Toronto Rock. Okay, I coached the Toronto <laughs> Raptors. Like. I don't know anything about lacrosse. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. The rest of the conference is terrible. So, But, yeah. So, I would say, like... Yeah, what is this? 52? 52 for Milwaukee. You said 52. I, 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 I like Milwaukee, man. Yeah. They're, they're a decent team.
2: Yeah, I'll go... Uh, it's gross, but I'll say Celtics. 60? Um, I don't like it. I do think there's some real yeah. weird Kobe poisoning going on with Jason Tatum that could derail them. Yeah. Um, or derail him at least. So I'll say sixty for them, but it's a soft sixty. I'll say Raptors fifty-eight, mm-hmm. but I'm okay. not locked into either of those. I'll say Bucks fifty-one, Sixers wow. fifty.
0: Okay, so explain Sixers fifty to me because that one seems kind
2: of uh, kind of wild. I don't know. It's so weird. I know they're good and they're probably going to win more than fifty. Yeah, because just like fifty like a, wins is
0: not a lot. I know. I know. know, like, I know. We started Luis Scola and Damari Carroll for like an entire season See, and we yeah. won
2: 56. See, I just think there's going to be like eight eight or nine teams with like 44 wins. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like a season where like okay. a crappy team, like there's going to be a team with an inflated record that's not very good because the bottom of the conference is so bad. And I think yeah. like the Sixers... Oh, the Hornets. Yeah, like the Hornets or the Pistons even. Like I think the Celtics, yeah. Sixers, Raptors, Bucks, Pacers, like they're going to beat up on each other a bit. Like I think it's not crazy to argue that like... Three of the five best teams in the league are in the East, and like that, that, they're going to eat into each other a little bit. So there's not going to be like easy wins within the division for the Raptors, I suppose. So or or the Sixers for that matter. And it's I don't know what it is with the Sixers; they just have like a little thing going on where like they kind of feel like if there's going to be a team that lets us down from this decade, a lot of the Thunder of last decade, like the Sixers feel like the team for no reason. Wow. Other than that, maybe just that, like, Simmons and Embiid are so online that maybe they appear to be more vulnerable and, like, prone to that kind of stuff than maybe they are. I, it's a weird theory. I don't really believe in it all that much, but, like, I, there is some weird sort of juju going on there that I don't really know how to pin down, and I do think the Bellinelli and Ilya Silva thing is going to matter, and Fultz might be bad. I don't I don't know. We don't know what Fultz is going to do. So, they could be much better. They could be the two-seed for all I know, but... I'm going to pencil them in. Maybe the win totals will be off, but I think the Bucks are going to finish ahead of them. I think Giannis is better than anyone on that team right now. So That'll be my big bull take from this podcast. Um, yeah. we got to wrap it there, because i got to get to work, but this was lovely, Will. It was so good having you back on the show. Where can people check you out? Obviously, the score, but uh, what in particular should people be checking out?
0: Yeah, so they got to be writing features of the score now. Which, Hell yeah, um, they do. It could go one or two ways, you know, but um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so far, I've been you know, I've been mostly focusing on that um, some interview stuff, I'm trying to get some stuff set up with um, potentially the second ever Japanese NBA player, Utah Watanabe shout out to him on a two-way contract with the Grizzlies, Sweet. gotta represent for all Asians, even Japanese people, despite <laughs> my uh, c- country allegiances, anyway um, but yeah, I mean there's always that, there's always Pound the Rock podcast on the score with Cash and with on. you should listen to that, we have Something planned for Thursday that should be pretty interesting. The Lakers fans, and then uh, the usual Raptors stuff, man. I mean, I don't want to plug the the other Raptors podcasts, but uh, <laughs> you know, you know, Raptors Weekly, uh, the Raptors Reaction podcast. You know, it's it's always there. So find a, find all that stuff on Raptors Public and uh, Ten Things. I mean, I don't know, man. I, when the NBA season starts, I just don't have any social life. So, <laughs> um, you know, that's hopefully that's not in vain. No, hopefully it's, it's not in vain.
2: We are all smarter and better and more enriched fans for having you around, Will. Make sure you're checking out. We can plug in a podcast. Rappers Republic, Rappers Weekly. Have yeah. me on sometime. There's no competition here. The more people mm. listen well, we'll to see. your show, the more uh-huh. people will listen to mine, probably. I don't know. Wow. The, it's, people only
0: drive to work one time, you know?
2: Uh, I don't know. I listen to a lot of podcasts, there's a lot of overlap. The, the, and the short yeah
0: but you you and I are like the 1% you know like we listen to every po- like I have like 20 sports podcasts I listen to <laughs> and I'm not proud of it and I delete them all in the off season but when the season <laughs> starts you know like yeah, yeah. no but listen to both listen to both
2: well if we're comparing like Locked on Raptors is shorter than the Raptors uh, weekly podcast so make sure you listen mm-hmm. to Locked on Raptors first Then the Raptors reaction podcast is a good way if you have like a little extra time before your commute's over maybe traffic's a little extra heavy listen wow. to that then next after that no we we, we all love each other. The blog scene is very nice and, and with Toronto Raptors people. It's good. Um, you can we follow beef.
0: Me. It, it, We're not like New York. No. We're not like Isola and Berman.
2: Oh, God, no. <laughs> yes. uh, you can follow me, as always, at Woodley Sean. Please subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. Also, make sure you're checking out the Locked On NBA preview. It is, uh, it's great stuff and really good in-depth stuff from local angles on all 30 teams. So make sure you're listening to that every day this week. Again, my episode will be on Friday. Uh, You can also, if you are for some reason interested in the Hamilton, Ontario basketball scene, I have a weekly (coughs) show on TSN 1150 in town. It, It gets posted online as well called Hamilton is Hoops, where we talk about the Raptors. We also talk about... Uh, McMaster Basketball and yeah. the Canadian Elite Goal Basketball marauder. League which is uh, getting going in a couple months here there's a Hamilton team, a couple GTA teams as well for you to check out So, uh, if you're interested in that and want to hear my voice more myself and Katrina Squazin at TSN 1150 host that show Tuesdays from 7 to 8 uh, every week and you can check that out it's, uh, it's a good time So, uh, thank you in advance for listening and we will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors